So I called my sister and I said, hey, guess what happened? And I tell her the story. She's listening with her whole heart. She's like amazed and she's supportive. And she says, that's awesome. I just have one, one question. I go, she says, how are you going to pull this off with zero music experience? You're an author of children's books. <laughs> you can't sing. <laughs> no offense. You can't play an instrument. <laughs> I said, hey, hey, everything's possible. <laughs> Let's not worry about what I can't do and figure out what I can do. Okay. Well, we are back at the Right Songs You Love podcast for another session with an amazing guest. We have Candina Ann here to join us today. She is somebody that I met through the Catch the Moon days <laughs> when I was uh, involved with the, the, that music licensing program, working as a, a mentor and a, a community encourager slash poker of action. <laughs> And uh, yeah, Candina is just one of these amazing people that I got to connect through as a result of being in that experience. And and we we have a, an ever-evolving day-by-day story now <laughs> that just keeps growing and growing and growing. But she is uh, a fantastic organizer of people, has one of the biggest hearts of anybody I know, <laughs> And is actually a, an author as well of, in many different scenarios. So it's I'm really excited to share how she has found her way into songwriting, how she goes about it, because I know it's just going to be really inspiring for a lot of people here listening. So, so yeah, welcome, Candina. It's great to have Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. Yeah, Candina Ann here from the USA. Um, I guess what should I start with a little bit about who I am and where I'm from? Yeah, for sure. Exactly. All right. Uh, yeah. So, um, tell us a bit about how you, well, let's go back here because songwriting for you is relatively new, correct? Yes. Uh, started in COVID from okay. just an epiphany that came to me, an idea, <laughs> as, as Amir would say, serendipity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, take us, we'll, we'll come to that, but take us a little bit before that and just how how your creative expression is really come through and like I know like maybe just tell us a little bit about your your author your authoring and how that oh has yeah absolutely story. well if it's if you don't mind I'm going to take you back a little bit ways and try to keep it short but um short and sweet but um I would say uh my creativity came to me organically through my mother who was what they used to call back in the day starving artist and um, her name was Carol, and she could do everything from A to Z. She was literally the Martha Stewart before the time. And um, so we grew up in a house with creativity just rushing through it. I mean, from crafts on the walls to homemade costumes on Halloween to Christmas plays and home-baked goods and you name it. So um, moving forward... Uh, many years later, when I became a young adult, I realized I had to make ends meet and bring in the cash. And uh, I started looking for a job and trying really hard because I had a small child, my son and um, my eldest son. And um, it was just really hard, difficult to try to get through all those challenges and move forward. But I wound up landing uh, into the cleaning industry um, and just rolled with that 
by the graces of God. And I wound up getting referral based for 20, say approximately 26 years. And the business just boomed. Um, coming towards the 27th year, uh, smartphones and all this kind of stuff, my son was bringing at me saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. <laughs> so I got head into it. And um, my mom was living with me at the time. And she did not want me to be cleaning such a laborious job for the rest of my days. I mean, literally a shift for me because I wanted to give the best to my customers and my customers became family and friends. So I would go out in the morning about six o'clock, drop my kids off at eight, wound up going to all the cleaning jobs and just bouncing around the entire San Francisco Bay area, sometimes across the bridge back over again, um, and then get home for lunch to check on our dogs that we had and then head out again and then come back and check on the family and roll it all over again the next day. Um, and this was a process for years. And then about 2008, I wound up trying something different in parallel to the cleaning because that's when I think the market was crashing and all that kind of stuff with the house. Yeah. And uh, wanted to do my part to help try to save what we had established. And um, I went to work for the federal government, I was working for the IRS, Department of Treasury. <laughs> very big jump, very big different, but I went in there headstrong and did a 10-month seasonal, um, uh, what do you call that, um, probationary period uh, from January to October and doing extremely well, um, not to put myself on a pedestal, but I really wanted to aim to strive to be the best customer service representative I could be and prove a point in and get promoted with merits. And um, October was coming around and I had accomplished that with like 13 blue ribbons and a manager's um, reward and, and things like that were just amazing. Mm. And so I had opportunity to make choice and I was caught in between this job and that job. And my mom shows up at lunchtime out of nowhere. She's very frail, very, kind of old and, 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 you know, uh, very hard to get around at that time. And she shows up at work and she wants to talk to me about this decision. And uh, I kind of feel terrible because like, okay, but we'll, we'll do this at home. So let's go have lunch and then we, <laughs> well, let's get you home. So that night uh, she expressed a little bit about art and creativity and how important it was to keep that in my blood. And then she's been watching me for years and years. And she really wanted to see me get back into that somehow. And uh, stubborn on me, okay, mom, I know, I know, we will, I will. <laughs> but this pays the bills and this is saving the house. And this is, you know how it goes. So um, let's see, October 2008 is when I was supposed to uh, get turn in my um, reports for them to kind of observe and see where I'm at in my job placement. And then they were going to decide about that promotion. And I got a phone call from my neighbor that my mom was sick. 
So I left work and went home and I jumped immediately into getting some time off for work for a week or two and going with her to doctor's appointments and yada, yada. We get to the doctor's office and they say, well, we have some news. And my mom looks and says, just give it to me straight. Don't beat around the bush. <laughs> and I was surprised at what they let out. And they said, three months to live or with treatment one year. She had three kinds of cancer. Wow. So that was extremely hard to bite. Couldn't believe it. So I went to the boss and told them, I'm not taking the permanent position. I'm putting in resignation. And I decided to start spending every minute with my mom. So moving forward, 2009, uh, and this was February, the day before she passed, she brought up the creativity thing again. <laughs> she just wanted to make sure I was hearing her. And we sat together and we talked about it. And she says, just listen to me for a brief moment. And she goes, lock eyes with me and understand where I'm coming from. She goes, you did so well building this business. And you're so good at trying to help other people all the time. But you are not where you want to be and you're not where your passion is at. She goes, I could see it. And she goes, so how about if you do this, you can't do it for yourself, do it for mom. And she goes, and touch bases with your creativity. Just even if it's just for 30 minutes of the day. She goes, it should be really easy. She goes, you have 3,000 pictures of this dog that I rescued. She goes, I don't know how many videos. <laughs> she goes, make a children's book. She goes, picture book. It should be simple. <laughs> All right, mom. She goes, you promise? I go, I promise. She goes, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for mom. I said, I will do it for you. I promise. You have my work. Next day, she passed away. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then a uh, year of vegetation, I can't seem to shake it. Didn't even shed a tear. I was just like zombified. And I said, I cannot figure out how to shake out of this. So I decided to go and watch the Mavericks in Half Moon Bay, which is something that's been on my bucket list forever. I love the ocean. And if anybody knows the other side of my author, creative side, I have a book called My Own Ocean Tides, which is another story. But um, so I went there and I sat up on this mountain and I thought, you know what? I'm going to start with something physical and challenging and just give it my all, shake this. And then once I have a clear frame of mind, I'm going to uh, do this little book. Keep my promise. So March, just a couple, I guess it was like uh, March is when the Mavericks were March 13th or 15th. And then that following weekend, I decided to jump into a very physically demanding fundraiser for the lung cancer, which is what took my mom's life. Mm. And it was in San Francisco. And I was like 225 pounds out of shape, depressed, not eating right. And my family thought I was completely insane. <laughs> and I said, hey, hey, I'm just going to do it. So I go there and we have to climb 52 flights of stairs. We have this tracking bracelet on us. We're with firemen from all over the world. And here's this measly old me figuring out what the heck am I doing here? And halfway up the stairwell, <laughs> this lady's leaning on the rail saying the same thing. <laughs> and she goes, 
she's talking to herself and she's cussing at herself out. She says, what was I thinking? <laughs> so I walk over to her and I didn't even know her. And I said, hey, and I tapped her. She says, yeah. And I go, I'm with you. I said, I had something tragic in my life happen, but it drove us here. My mother passed and she goes, mine did too. I go, okay, then that's our purpose. Now we need to, I don't care if we have to lean on each other, carry each other, push each other, but we're going up these freaking stairs the rest of the way. We're halfway there and we're going to nail this sucker and we'll worry about tomorrow later. And we did. We got all the way to the top. And when we were crossing the finish line, they had a party up there and there was some tape and whatnot. And I go to cross the ribbon and I'm just exhausted in every way you can imagine. Mind, body and soul. And one of my housekeepers that I hired, in, an employee, was there for me and she says candy candy and she goes what and I look up and I'm like all delirious and she's waiting by the ribbon and she goes I'm here and she goes you did it and I fell into her arms and I just started crying <laughs> oh my gosh wow so anyway the next day I realized I've got to do this I've got to connect with my creativity the part that came from my mother otherwise her life was all for nothing so I started the children's book, um, which the character is my pup, Malibu. And the dog, oddly, ironically enough, was rescued by my mother when my mom was homeless. Again, another whole story all in itself. She didn't have to be, but we all make choices. And um, three days after I bought my home where I was in San Leandro running this business, my mom shows up at the door. And I was really excited because I've been trying to encourage her to come live with us. She's so stubborn, 100% Irish. So, <laughs> and uh, she says, no, no, whatever reason. And then that day I thought, oh, she's coming to stay. Okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she said she had been at a this thing called the pick, which they used to hold in the Bay Area on certain days where people would put out all their old goods or their trash by the curb real neatly, people would sort through it. Mm. And um, as long as they were neat about it and you know they didn't disrespect the property and my mom loved it. Well, that day she showed up at the house, she come rushing by me, how's about, you know, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm doing all right. And then she goes, I'm gonna take a shower. And she goes, can you get the box of recycling in the front seat of my van? and bring it in. And I said, uh, no, mom, I just bought the house. We have tons of boxes to sort. Please, please, just this one box. It's really small. It's really small. You'll just love what's in it. So I go, okay. So she gets in the shower and I go to the van outside. I walk to the van, I look in and I just see these little rags, you know, box of rags. And I'm, why would I want that? No, that's not coming in. So I turn around and I go to walk away and I hear rustling inside the van and I stop in my tracks and I slowly turn around to look and I hear it louder. So I walk closer to the van and I look in and peeking out in between the seats, he must've fell out of the box, was this puppy that she rescued and that was what she was calling recycling. <laughs> oh my gosh. So moving forward from this story, um, the book, uh, back to the book, he is the main character um, and in it is preserved all his 
adventures with us and things we learned from him and times we spent with him and just all kinds of cool stuff uh, preserved in the first book, um, not just in words and poetry for children, but the pages have, the illustrations have been recreated from actual adventures that Malibu took in San Francisco Bay Area and uh, surrounding cities. So it's really cute, it's really unique. Um, and that's what started my author creative journey because there was so much support behind it and seeing the faces and the smiles on these children after the book was put in their hand was more rewarding than anything I could get in a cleaning company, any paycheck I could bring home. So we took a leap of faith, sold the house. I stopped the cleaning company. I came out to a whole new County and, um, uh, we wanted to start anew, and I, I was very fortunate. My sister, my niece, people were teachers, school teachers, elementary here in this new county. And so it took off really well with community support, and um, I was my own best customer. I wasn't selling the book. <laughs> Taking my savings and just cleaning it out, cases by the dozens. I was donating them to children at the school and um, shelters, and it was just wonderful. Um, and then, uh, moving forward to, you know, being in this new environment, new life, new endeavor, I needed to stay busy. So I just kept writing and writing and writing. And then I was encouraged by some of these same people in the community to think about putting a face to this book and telling people about it in a bigger way and put it out there and make it grow. And I still wasn't okay with putting the face on the book other than a little tiny snapshot on the back, <laughs> merely because, uh, and ironically, because I was going through um, last phases of battling insecurities my whole life. So I said, I don't want my face on the book. It's about me. It's about my mom and the dog and for the kids. So again, a serendipity happened. I go up in the attic sorting out boxes, getting settled, making an office to start my creative endeavors uh, with writing. And um, this box falls on the floor. And in it was some poetry and letters from family when I was a child and a young girl. And my great aunt wrote a letter and it was right on top. And it says, I am so proud of this poem you wrote and I can't wait to see it published. And this was probably 35 years ago. And I still had this letter. Oh, wow. It was like almost crinkly dust. <laughs> it was just hard to be. And I oh. couldn't believe it. So I knew I was on the right track um, with creativity. And I started moving into writing full time. I wrote My Own Ocean Tides 2020, uh, Poetic Memories of My Life. And then COVID happened. <laughs> And guess what happened? What the same week that all that happened, I was supposed to go start my yearly launch at Barnes and Nobles. Oh my gosh. Yes. For the My Own Ocean Tides. Oh yeah. So, and it was literally the same week. <laughs> <sighs> of course. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, I, I feel a lot of empathy for what everybody went through during that time. Um, 
I don't even have words to describe the chaos and what, you know, everybody was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And then shelter happened in place. And I wasn't thinking about my tour at all. I wasn't thinking about the chaos. I wasn't panicking. I think I was prepped for that moment almost because through from 12 to probably my early 20s, I was homeless and couch surfing. Whole nother story. It's in the My Own Ocean Tides book. <laughs> but I thought I needed to put my energy in a better place. And that was how can I continue to help others while I'm being forced to be in place. And it got into my conscience and it got into my heart and I started losing sleep over this, literally. So while I'm waiting for everything to come through for the My Own Ocean Tides book, the manuscript got held up overseas, found out that the the publishing and the final formatting and all that wasn't moving forward like I had been told just all kinds of things but it, I still was not focused on that I'm thinking I need to move forward I need to refocus I need to keep helping people because this is the time how can I do that from shelter in place and lo and behold I after like a week of no sleep I was just so exhausted I pass out on the couch I wake up the next morning and I said, holy smokes, what was that? It was so clear. It was like a message. And I dreamt that I revisited my own Ocean Tides book. I picked a poem from one of my poetic um, memoirs and I made it into a song. Cool. So... I called my sister and I said, hey, guess what happened? And I tell her the story. She's listening with her whole heart. She's like amazed and she's supportive. And she says, that's awesome. I just have one, one question. I was just, how are you going to pull this off with zero music experience? You're an author of children's books. <laughs> you can't sing. <laughs> no offense. You can't play an instrument. <laughs> I said, hey, hey, everything's possible. <laughs> Let's not worry about what I can't do and figure out what I can do. I'm good at organizing, researching, figuring out a lot of puzzles. <laughs> Let's do it. And uh, within seven, I think less than, about probably seven to 10 days max, I produced, well, co-wrote, co-produced, and project coordinated, I guess you'd call it co-produced because as she's the lady, the girl that's helping me is flipping back the music back and forth to me. I'm telling her where I want to hear a guitar, mm -hmm. where I want to hear the drums, how long I want it to play out. I'm new to this industry, so please bear with me if I'm using the wrong terminology. Long story short, we had this song. Mm -hmm. And when I heard it, I literally buckled at the knees and started crying. My husband had to catch me to hear my own life in music. And again, it wasn't even about me. I'm like, now I have a tool that can reach beyond my shelter in place and help others find comfort 
and hope for a better tomorrow. And I moved from the focus of the Malibu books to the music. Nice. And it was just, it was just an amazing, unexplainable experience, uh, to say the least. Um, and where am I at now? Well, I've gone through Catch the Moon, which somehow just crossed my path in the midst of all that. And I grabbed it, a five-day challenge, mm -hmm. met amazing people, was inspired, encouraged. I networked with like-minded individuals that were pulled by their heartstrings to do this. You were one of them, Michael. <laughs> and you haven't been able to get rid of me since. <laughs> um, moving forward, how does this all tie together? Malibu Bow Wow. I shared the story with you. Somehow it touched your heart, which I'm so grateful for. Now we have Malibu's first theme song coming out. Well, I'll pause you there for a sec because yeah, it's all just to summarize all of that. Like there's just so many gold stories there of like what a journey. Like there's so much in there that you know we could we could easily just spend <laughs> there's, there's yeah. just massive <laughs> You're saying you're like you were homeless for a period of time. Like your your mom was like that that business that you created, and then went to go like work with the IRS. You know, and yeah. Then like no, I want to be with family. And I think just there's so much there too. From it's a cool thread to see from from your aunt from a long time ago having that letter like really encouraging you creativity, and then that to be so strong for your mom, kind of to have like her last wishes in a way for you with the climb up the stairs and meeting that other person and just like how that really outpoured a lot of your, uh, I guess, grief, you know, yeah. like letting that kind of be felt and letting that be release. acknowledged that, that big release and Holy cow, like what a, what an amazing set, set of stories. And I know like, I wanted to just what you're about to talk about with, with, you know, your, your dog Malibu and, and the fact that again, because of your mom, in, the, in a really kind of funny scenario <laughs> that that he entered your life yeah and he showed up and like that just became a bigger thing so actually can you tell why don't you just tell us a little bit more about what what Malibu was like and like what yeah um Malibu was amazing um he I can't even explain really there's so many endless stories that if I could plug you into my brain you'd be laughing and crying and just all the emotion, but um, he, let's start with his name and yeah. that will tell a lot. <laughs> yep. His name Malibu was actually after the Malibu super sport that the 19, uh, my son will probably correct me on this. So I think it was a 1971, mm -hmm. 72 um, Chevelle sports car. Yeah. It's still a dream car to this day. Um, and he was in high school at the time. And when my mom came and brought the dog, it was intentionally for him because he did so well his first year of high school. She, everybody was just so proud of him. It was, he was going through his own set of stuff right. and he managed to, to get through there with pretty much straight A's and, um, and all the teachers loved him. So he was at Great America when this dog showed up. He was at this class and they were celebrating the end of school. Okay. And my mom says, I want to give this dog to Michael. 
and her and I are having this conversation about, I said no dogs, I said no pets. <laughs> you no. know, mom, you don't want to listen. Uh. So uh, <laughs> I call Michael and I took it into consideration. I said, okay, well, we're going to have to make some rules. But I called my son and I said, when are you coming home? Grandma has a present for you. And he says, what? I go, well, something that you're going to be amazingly just excited about. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? So in his mind, he thought it was the car. <laughs> so he cuts that trip short and has a friend give a ride back, he comes flying in the door, drops his backpack, runs in, and we're all sitting in the living room. And as he runs in, this dog comes burling out into the living room and around the coffee table and skids right by his legs. And my son looks down and goes, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, well, that's your surprise. <laughs> uh, he wasn't too sure about the whole thing. And, um, Eventually, they grew to love each other immensely, and he decided, well, when I told him how the dog was and how he watched the dog play around the yard, and it used to spin around and kick up the grass, and it was so fast, and we also had bunnies at the time, and uh, he would chase the bunnies all around the yard, and we sat there, and I said, well, he kind of reminds me of your car. <laughs> You know, it, he really does. He's built like it too. So my son named him Malibu. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's how he got his name. And it's kind of funny because my son wound up ironically getting a Mustang. Mm -hmm. And when he'd come home from school, the freeway exit ramp was just two blocks away, but it was loud, you know, <laughs> and Malibu would come running through the backyard and jump through the doggy door and slide down the hallway and jump up on the couch and just fling the blinds open. We must've went through like a hundred blind sets. <laughs> I don't know. And he just <laughs> flung them open and he'd sit there with his face plastered against the glass, tail wagging and wait until that car came around the, the corner. He knew He just knew he was coming. He knew, he knew he was coming. So it was kind of like a classic car understanding a classic car. <laughs> No kidding. That recognition. I see you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he was amazing. He, um, I think the lesson in this story that's the most valuable is my mom and the family thought that we rescued him. Hmm. When after spending 11 and a half years with him, we realize and we reflect that he kind of saved us. He rescued us <laughs> because my kids were going through puberty. My, excuse me, <laughs> mom was homeless. She didn't want to come live in the house. Uh, just all these things that can happen to a family, the, the market crash, mm -hmm. the just everything. And nobody wanted to be in the same space. They were either going to their room, going to the garage, you know, going with their friends. And when the dog came, everybody regrouped. Mm. And we were all together playing with this dog, going on adventures, going camping, going hiking, going. And we didn't even realize 
that the energy and the love he brought to the table was infectious. I mean, we already had it. We loved our family, but families go through it. Yeah. You know, kids go through teenage phases. Um, it's a natural thing, but it's like, how do we really fix all that? When you're going through it, you just sometimes we don't have a clue, you know? And then here comes this dog and boom, it was like magic. Just brought everybody back together, gave everybody. Yes, it's just, and, and everything changed. And then we decided, well, time to start doing more family stuff and creative stuff and and all that kind of good things. So it was a very happy and bittersweet, but happy ending. It was, it was, there was a purpose behind it all. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah, that's such a, and just from stories that I, I've got to hear about his personality and just so many, you know, just like you said, he's just this magnetic quality that just kind of brought people together. And, yeah. and then you like, you told these stories about how you'd be driving down the street and like even a policeman would like, I think pulled up. A California Highway Patrol to be, be exact. Okay, yeah, pulled up to your car and just said like, what, hey, cool dog. Like, <laughs> well, we like, were on the freeway. <laughs> and there was nobody on the freeway. It was early in the morning. And Malibu loved to ride shotgun. Right. When one of us was driving, but when both of us are in the car, this 90 pound dog is on mom's lap. <laughs> so I'm holding him. And uh, I look in the rearview mirror and I see this California hybrid patrol just flying up on us. And I said, baby, slow down, slow down. He goes, what do you mean? I'm not, I'm going the speed limit. No, look, here comes California hybrid patrol. Just slow down. <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, I am not speeding. And all of a sudden he comes up and he's right next to my side of the car and he puts a hang loose sign out the window and he's talking to Malibu. He goes, oh, dude, God. look at you, you're awesome. <laughs> and then he goes, you got a cool dog. And then he just drives off. <laughs> and my husband and I look at each other, we go, what just happened? <laughs> what the? <laughs> Yeah, he, and even Malibu turns around real slow, and he looks at me like, "Uh, yeah, okay, what was that all about?" Yeah, it is, <laughs> facial expressions were so canny, it was so funny. <laughs> just the level it sounds like of of charisma that that he had, and he just like zoomed, yeah, seemed to just struck strike people in a, in a very powerful way. Oh yeah, uh, it's super cool. Yeah. So so before kind of like segue to kind of what happened there, I just love to kind of point out too, it's for people listening. It's, I think it's so awesome to hear how going back to like how you created a song. And I know you've done this uh, multiple times since, since then the last couple of years of, like you said, you're not, you don't play an instrument, you don't sing, nope. but you know, you, you, you can put stories down and you can write, but like you have this organizational ability to, to bring people into places that need to fill the roles of building the songs. And I yes. think that's just such a cool aspect, especially for people who feel like they, they can't do it all. Thus, yeah. why should I do it? And, and so on and so forth, or, you know, like maybe don't feel any, any aspect of like the musical side of it though, then by that default, how could I ever say I could write a song or who, who am I to write a song right. or to try to like share a song that way. So I just think it, it's so cool to see how you go about that and, 
and just orchestrate like, all right, I'm thank you. You know, you have this sense, you have the intuition of like what what you want and where and the sounds. Yeah. And and actually it's just really cool because like this last or this week we've been going through uh, with Chris Bradley and the produce like a boss team and like they they've been doing this big boot camp and one of the things that they just kind of brought up particularly was was what a producer actually is mm -hmm. you know and, and just like a, a, a producer is really the visionary of, yes. of the entire thing to like bring something to life so and a big element of that is is recognizing you know like where where you can bring people in to fill in the spaces that aren't in your skill set and the the more efficient you can be with that the the quicker things can get done the higher quality things can get done the and it's not stuff that you need to stress yourself out you don't have to go and learn how to play a guitar or how to learn how to do all of these things that you can actually like you of anybody i've ever met is are, are fascinating because of the way that you you just like really pull everybody together to make it happen thank and i've, I've so gotten much. to witness it multiple times <laughs> thank you i know it's crazy <laughs> my husband says you need to be filmed behind the scenes and show people what you are going through and how you do all this it's so chaotic to me to watch. <laughs> but it's a great but still manage to do it <laughs> yeah it's it's a great example of like you know just there's there aren't the excuses like you can you can yeah. you can make it happen and and like i said you just just to see how you do it and how you go about it is uh is inspiring i think for people who maybe feel that they can't or that they have to have all those skills so yeah. i think it's just and i think cool. it's a, a good point to roll back to um the song the first song made during covid mm -hmm. when the cloud shifted and i don't say this to boast or make anybody feel belittled so i hope that i'm not doing that but i want to encourage inspire I had zero experience, mm -hmm. zero knowledge. I had no other equipment other than my old Samsung phone that was like literally five and a half years old that the Verizon people thought should be tossed. <laughs> and <laughs> I said, hey, I was taught to take care of my things. <laughs> anyway, um, and I made this song and um, well, I don't want to take full credit. I want to mention someone and a beautiful someone, actually. Her name is May mm -hmm. uh, Soan, and um, she's known as Zoe Marie as well, but she's in the music industry and uh, has multiple songs out. She produces, she mixes, she sings. She's just so amazingly talented. I don't even, I could go on and on for days with a whole nother segment. But when I had this epiphany to make that song, my first step was to just research, get on and Google and research everything I could possibly do about first making a song. Um, and I took notes and just for the first 24 to 48 hours, that's all I did. And then I narrowed it down to my steps, what I needed to do. And I started reaching out to people in the industry with an ad and I kind of just made it short and sweet about what I was looking for and what I was aiming for and what I needed. Mm -hmm. I got like 50 responses and honestly, like 49 of them were, yeah, I'll help you out. You got 15 to 50 grand. Ooh. Yes. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> 
sorry, I, I appreciate it, but I can't, you know, um, I don't even know if that's real now because in the industry, I haven't heard those numbers since. So I think if I would have went that route, I would have been had. So um, I laid it in God, or am I allowed to say that on here? God's hands, <laughs> this was spiritual belief. Mm -hmm. And um, the next day, a young lady reached out to me and said, I seen your ad. Um, can I see your poetry? And so I sent it. I didn't hear back from her, so I thought it was a squash. And then the next day, she got back and said, I am going through my own things, personal things. And she shared those with me. And she said, I'm so inspired and encouraged to get back into my music after I read this. Wow. And I have the opportunity to work on the song. Hmm. I had no idea she did it all. This is this is the whole thing. She just asked to work on the song. I said, sure. It comes back and it's like got vocals and instruments. I was like, what the is going? This is amazing. And so her and I just head in the game and the next the rest of that week just worked on it around the clock. Amazing. And when the uh, cloud shifted was born. Wow. Yeah. And to this day, she's like a daughter to me and she checks in on me all the time. Uh, she has a dream to come to the USA and teach my grandkids how to play guitar. <laughs> and it was just an amazing relationship that fell out of the sky, I want to say. Awesome. You know, so it's, it's a really cool how all this whole journey of mine, I mean, I said it quick and I kind of roll it all into one, but if we went on and on and on, the, the filler pieces would just paint this picture that would be, <laughs> I'm still blown away by it. I don't even get it. I just follow the signs. <laughs> I don't question nothing. I just, and even oh. me, if it means pull the cart before the horse, I, I got the cart. Even if the cart's got three wheels, I'm pulling it. <laughs> I think that's what's so amazing about you is you just, wherever you show up, you're just ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're ready to figure out what, what best can work with whatever is happening. And even if you're ahead of yourself, you know, it's just like, well, I, it reminds me actually of a, of a book I just finished reading called who, not how. Uh -huh. And it's, it's really all about that, about, you know, it's just like when we, when we try to figure out all the hows to do something and try to do those all ourselves, it's kind of like a, an endless thing that just, we can spin our wheels and, and things can take a really long time. Or sometimes it's just frustrating because we're like, Oh, I have to learn how to, how to do this entire thing so I can even get to square one right. versus like, okay, who, who is the, who that is really great at that, that I can bring into this. That's just going to mm -hmm. level this thing or just like really kind of take this to the next level beyond what I can do. But I have, I have one part of it, you know, and just seeing the, the growth or seeing the, the capacity of, of many. Right. To ultimately do that. And I think you just do that so fast and so quickly and you oh, just you. on it. So it's a really well, great skill that I am have. learning from amazing mentors now because ever since Catch the Moon, I feel like I'm catching angels just falling from the sky. There's just so many. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of them and um the knowledge they share and what they teach. And I'm almost I'm gonna be what am I gonna be? I'm 52 this year. 53. I lost. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and you're one of them, Michael. I, I truly appreciate um, your guidance and your patience. And 
I know that I come off pretty loopy sometimes because I'm so chaotic with my projects. But the good news is I am focusing on being more organized and I'm just going to be like <laughs> in the next couple of months. Everybody's going to go, what? No way. You did all that. <laughs> well, yeah, like it's it's just so neat to watch because you really are a sponge and you're always asking questions and like really going down any any every situation you're in. You're always learning actively and doing a lot with that as a result and just keep keep growing those steps. So I thought it was really cool. Like this might be good timing to transition into like how well what's coming up, you know, like yeah. the significant day that April 18th is. And yes, yes. Uh I'm nervous, excited, terrified, all in one box. <laughs> um April 18th is actually Malibu's birthday. Hmm. And when he um passed away, I still celebrated his life by doing these little heavenly, happy heavenly birthdays. It started online as a very small thing, just to encourage kids to remember the importance of being kind and rescuing pets and our responsibility as humans to these pets and kind of rolling creativity at the same time by um, using my, the Malibu books as an early learning tool and encouraging art and music and just all the fun things that life and kids is supposed to be about. And it kind of grew when I came out to this community, Barnes and Nobles invited me in for that phase of books. Hmm. And I had completed a year tour with them. Um, it was very fun. And I was doing free community events for the children either 50% was out of pocket and the rest was all raised from donations and I'd have little carnival pop-ups and all the games were free and the prizes were free and face painting was free. And it was just so rewarding um, to see that, that my dog was pulling these children in like a magnet. Okay. Um, and everybody wanted to know about Malibu. And the only hiccup I caught was where is Malibu? Why isn't Malibu here? And, why doesn't Malibu have his own song? <laughs> and all of a sudden, poof, there with the light bulb. <laughs> Here I go again. <laughs> yep. So uh, it's been an interesting thing. So May, uh, April 18th this year, because we missed it, COVID um, is super epic. I mean, we have supporters and organizations uh, launching brand awareness and having celebration parties in honor of a few things. Malibu's heavenly birthday, um, the anniversary of book one, which is the adventures in learning with Malibu ABCs. Oh. That's the book that has the illustrations I discussed earlier that are all recreated from his adventures. Mm -hmm. And then the launch of the Malibu Bow Wow song um, the artist, yours truly, Michael Averill. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's exciting and it's all on Easter weekend. And so um, let's see, let's give some credit if it all pans out, um, which I'm getting reports from Africa, Nepal, Philippines, um, USA. They say they are pretty much all ready to go. A couple places are just waiting on their cake. Um, each of them creating a cake in their own Malibu design. <laughs> and they're trying to meet the deadline by um, grouping the kids by age groups and having them each do their own creative project. 
in honor. And I believe what I'm told is the kids will be dancing and singing to Malibu Bow Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so cool to hear how like this, this dog, you know, like Malibu just keeps, yeah. keeps adventuring out and has gone all over the place into all uh, different countries around the world. But it's really cool. Again, this is a, a neat tribute uh, attribute of yourself as like a project manager, a producer of like of events or these types of scenarios of, of having having people be able to kind of take, you know, the essence or of, of Malibu and what this is, but also then kind of allow themselves to be who they are in that sphere. Right. That's another right. thing. That's like another like who not how thing is like you're not you're not micromanaging so much. You're just really kind of bringing people into the space and like, here's this thing. Now you bring your part to that. That's right. And I, I did say they were very surprised because they kept asking questions like, well, how should we do this? And how should we dress? And what should the kids do? And I said, what do you normally do when you're celebrating? <laughs> and I said, how do you dress when you're celebrating? Yeah. I said, this is not a script. This is celebrating. This is being in your natural realm and, and, and supporting something you believe in. Did you research Malibu? Do you know what he's about? Do you really love him? If not, maybe that's what you should do for the day. Read a Malibu book. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, no, ma'am, we've researched. We are so excited. <laughs> so the icing on that cake is people are probably asking why what is the grandiose thing by this dog traveling all over the world? Mm -hmm. You know, there's probably a lot of questions. What comes out of it? What is all this celebration for? Well, his purpose now, I believe is very simple and it's, everybody has their own idea on where peace should be and where happiness should be. But I believe it starts with our children mm. and the nurturing of them in a natural way through creative arts and who they were meant to be. And we sadly as humans are failing that for them. But I feel if we connect them with nature and animals and especially dogs, child to puppy or dog to teenager or whatever, there's so much they can learn from one another. Totally. Wow. So much. Well, that, Just like we did for Malibu well, and Cheyenne. I want to mention Cheyenne too. Cheyenne is Malibu's little sister. If yeah. if I don't mention her, she'll probably be turning in her grave. So <laughs> it's a whole other segment and a whole other song, right, Michael? Right. Yeah. That one's coming. <laughs> That's right. It's coming for you. <laughs> well, I, it's really neat to hear you explain it this way because there's part of it that I hadn't really heard before too. And and just like of that extra connection with what we can learn from nature. And I think that's kind of a neat thing of how this even happened in a sequence of events. Cause I remember when you came to me to, to work on this song about Malibu, I, it, a big flag for it or a big like check on it was I, I had just finished and released the song for the artist for conservation. Yes. That was all that was called nature neighbors. And Correct. that, that was a song I worked on with that organization and the, the founder of that, uh, Jeff Whiting, that was his big message is like, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like, if you, we, we only really protect what we love. And if we, you know, we, we love, we learn to love what we know. 
And if you don't know, you know, what's around you, then you don't have the love or the care for it to do anything about it. So take the time to get to know the nature around you and to do that kind of a thing. So I had just come out of that experience and wrote this, this fun song. And actually, again, this is again to your message. They kind of said the same thing to me because I was a little bit like, well, what kind of tune do you want for this? Because it was to be kind of a theme song for them. And they said, like, just do you, you know, like, just do your thing, which was really right. exciting to just be like, okay, this is how I would take this. And, and I had a lot of fun with it. And then when I put it out, you were one of the first people you're like, you. <laughs> yeah, I did. I said, that's my sign. That's another serendipity. <laughs> Amira has cursed me with the serendipity thing. Uh, no, it's good. It's, it's pretty awesome. No, but I see them. I do. And I'm so grateful. And um, I've always seen them. And that was very interesting because, like I said, I've met so many amazing people. But for certain projects and being a project coordinator, you have to have that vision of who's going to fit this perfectly, like mm. Cinderella and the shoe, you know. <laughs> and I literally, in your case, Mitch Match socks. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I seen it and, and it was crazy. And I said, oh, I heard the song nature neighbors and I listened to it and I looped it. And I said, this is the same message. This is what I'm trying to say. This is kind of what's been going on. And, and this person knows, understands they've even made a song about it. I'm going to get courageous. I'm reaching out. I'm doing it. <laughs> and so there we go. And now we're, attached at the hip and you're trying to keep the phone on silent because so <laughs> but anyway it's it's just been an amazing journey and I'm so grateful Michael it's just um I've learned so much and uh it's been comfortable and welcoming to say the least and it truly makes the projects go smoothly when the person you're working with is you're resonating with you know, you're really getting the message behind the song. Yeah, well, that that's something for me. The, this is the thing that I guess becomes a magnet for me to songs is is the layers that are involved, you know, because yeah, song for a song is one layer. But when when there's a song for for a, that's really connected to someone's story or to like, you know, like a really personal story that to me, that's like layer number two. That's like, yeah, okay. and then there's a third layer of like that song that's really has a personal meaning is then something being utilized to actually bring something really special, not just to, you know, yourself, but your community, you know, to the end, in this case, literally the world, which is really amazing. You know, like there's just yeah. like these three, three kind of prongs that it just grows. And for me, a lot of the time, that's kind of my, my indicator i'm like yeah this feels like a project i'd love to be a part of right. and then the fourth one i think is because you're like it was just so fun and i think like the uh the the spirit of hearing the story like just having that great story in there and and how how playful you encouraged me to be with this recording yes. to like yeah. really dig into the character and we've spent a lot of time on figuring what that could sound like and what the attitude was and, and just even the sound effects and wild stuff. That oh, we put it into. turned out so amazing. And we did a test run on the kids and the family and they absolutely loved it. And the sound effects, just their ears perked up and their eyes popped out. Uh, especially my grandson was like, did you hear that? It's spinning out. He's spinning out. <laughs> we got an engine and screen yeah, yeah. and all those revving things. It's just right. Like, <laughs> right. 
And I think, you know, I just want to throw this out there for, for viewers and listeners um, who have a song that's been on the shelf or in a book or in a drawer for years. This original Malibu song, and, and I think, Michael, you can agree with me. When I brought it to you, you I said, I have it already written, but it was written years ago. Oh, right. Yep. And it's long and it's it's like a story but it was meant to be a song and I just wanted to present that to you. And it's so amazing with going back and forth and collaborating and how it got chunked down and summarized in such a way that his character is like preserved perfectly <laughs> all around how he got his name and his little quirky things about him and, and all the rest, the noise was pulled out um, and, and put away. But a song from a song that was made or written, what, back in, I don't know, I want to say 2015 to 17, maybe. Mm. Um, and just happened to be in one of my files on an old laptop when we were talking about it. And I said, I got it. I'll send it right now. <laughs> You're on the deal. Well, yeah, no, thanks for reminding me about that because I forgot, I, in a way, I'd forgotten about that part of it. But like now that I'm remembering, I'm remembering this whole other sequence events, which is kind of like a fifth layer for me. And and what I love about these kinds of projects is when I, yeah, I remember asking you to just like stir up, stir up some more stories and keep, keep, keep them coming because I really wanted to understand the personality of this dog, but not only that, the impact and, and think something that just like, yes super war like really warmed my heart is just you coming back and saying like that you and your family you just were sharing all these stories about Malibu again and that that was yeah. really special to to reminisce with and to reconnect with and that's in that oh absolutely and even after he's his passing he still got that energy in our house you know it's his name's mentioned and everybody gathers you know <laughs> and we're talking and laughing and and, and I'm one where a big man where a grown man cries or sheds a little tear sometimes, it's just, it, it pulls at my heartstrings. And my husband's such a toughie, but he's, he's, a, he's a teddy bear inside. And when you said, um, you know, bring the stories together and talk about it or whatever, you could see his, his heart's still there with the dog. <laughs> yeah, everybody, my son, it was just, a, oh yeah, I remember, I remember. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. And some of those stories actually we we kind of preserved in the song, uh, yep. little bits of pieces yep. of those moments. Yeah. So that's yeah. Cool. And that's that's again that's that's for me. It's like one of the, the this whole podcast is called "Write Songs You Love," and so it's like all right. ingredients building onto each other for me is like what creates that. And when you get those kind of details that are that just kind of make you snicker or laugh because you're just like, oh my <laughs> yeah. god, I can't believe we got that in there. <laughs> <This is> <laughs> Uh, I know, right? <laughs> and the meaning the layers of meaning are so rich and dense and and just like it's packed with a lot of that and just on all levels it was just such a treat and so yeah yeah I had a blast I am so grateful I and I think it kind of bonded us too in a professional and friendship kind of way it just that's one thing we're never uh gonna forget <laughs> no and I think that, that that's what's so great too so that that's officially coming out on the 18th to on that celebratory yes day um so i'm just curious is there as maybe a way to, to wrap up is there something that people can 
because this is coming up the following week. Yes. So if, uh, if people can take part or like participate. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first way would be take advantage of the moment, um, a, a happy, innocent celebration. I think that the world kind of needs to shift from all this chaos into, and maybe we're hoping to have the websites and the social medias all updated with even video, never be forcing video of Malibu and his adventures, but I'm, I'm crossing my fingers on those, but visit the websites, um, look at his pictures, learn about his story, draw a picture, share it up on the, on the website. We'd love to see your kids draw their own version of Malibu mm. um, for the celebration. Um, maybe even dance to the song. Um, there's a little snippet of it going around, uh, I think from Distro Kid still in story. Right. Yep. In okay. story so I'll, I'll make sure I put these links and whatnot in the show notes. And But if yeah, if you could just tell us too, like what, what websites or what Instagrams. Yes. Or what uh, on Instagram, there's a couple. Um, you can go to where most of his adventures are, which is at top dog underscore rescue one. Cool. which we're working on making that uh, into its own brand trademark and maybe some merchandise to donate back to rescues in need. Nice. Um, and then there's uh, on Instagram as well is Malibu's underscore place. Cool. And that's where you will see a lot of information about the books and the community venues Nice. Um, that are happening. And then on Facebook, um, uh, I forgot the name of the page because they're just designing it, but underneath it's at Malibu's Marketplace. Um, and that's where you'll see kind of everything, conglomeration of everything coming together. We're even making folders of all the different countries that are celebrating and all their pictures are going to be uploaded there. Nice. So these pictures that people can draw, is that just of them trying to kind of draw from that graphic? And I, I know you do like coloring stuff and you've got- Well, we're going to try to put up for that day also free coloring pages they can download. So um, if they want to go there and visit um, or just follow the page and they'll see all the updates and what's available, we're hoping to have it ready by his birthday date. If not, it will be new things will be coming up all the way through spring. Okay, cool. I'll we'll make sure to share that in the in the group too, and yeah, like yeah. this year. And, and I personally am going out into the community uh, Saturday. This Saturday, I've been invited um, in a little town called Waterford, cool. and um, they are going to try to help me raise funds for the event on May 18th to buy the children. Um, let's see, we got 30, 60. We have approximately 90 kids in the USA at the elementary school. We're going to donate um, school supply backpacks too, mm. with a free Malibu book inside mm. and some supplies art, creative art coloring supplies. Um, and then 50 in the other countries. So wow. Saturday, wish me luck. I'm going to be out there all day in the 90 degree heat. Uh, my grandson with me, he wants to sell orange juice, but I'm not sure the sticky stuff is going to work in 90 degree heat, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, and 100% of all those proceeds are going to uh, try to get those backpacks and art supplies to the kids. So, Well, I just wanted to, I just had kind of a full circle moment just now of, of again, looking at like what you're saying, like even just what you just said with to just encourage and, and provide these tools and whatnot for the, for kids to be creative and expressive. And it just makes me think back to your aunt and your mom 
Yes. And, and thank you to you, my mom, you know? mostly, because she got that reverse psychology line in at the last breath, I got to tell you. She used to try to pull it on me all the time. And even in her last breath, she did it because the end result, I realized this was never for her. Right. She wanted it for me. Hmm. Well, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Candina. This is just such a, it's always a treat to hang out and it's just awesome to hear your story and more details of other parts that I didn't know. And I'm really thrilled for others to hear that and the song, which we're going to play here shortly for people to hear. They'll be the <laughs> first ones here to hear that. Uh, so yeah, for everyone listening, definitely check out what she's doing. And the 18th is going to be a really special day. But yeah, if you're just digging what all these really cool programs that she's doing, I'm sure, yeah, you're open, open to connect with. Absolutely. Like-minded, kind-hearted, big-hearted souls. So it's. Yeah. Uh, and if anybody wants to shoot out a question or they have anything they want, you know, a quick uh, tip to or how to start a children's book or anything like that, just reach out one of the social media sites and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. That's awesome. That's super generous. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, really Michael. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity and I appreciate you, my friend. Likewise. So there you have the legendary Candina Ann. I hope that was super inspiring, particularly for anybody who feels like because they don't do one part or a certain part of the songwriting process, that doesn't mean that you can't write a song or you can't be involved with something really special for yourself and for other people. So she's just such a shining star example of that. And I hope that all of you listening someday get a chance to actually connect with Candina. So do reach out to her, follow along with what she's doing. And like we said in our chat, we're going to give you the first insider preview of a song that we wrote together for her dog, Malibu, and the character of all of this children's book series. It's called Malibu Bow Wow. So there you go. Enjoy, and I'll catch you next time. Wow, 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 wow. Some may say old Jack Rabbit got the quickest legs in town. But they don't know that Rabbit got nothing on the fastest dog around. He got turbocharging engines. Like you never seen Special branded Smooth kind of cool Made for the TV screen Wow, 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 wow. Malibu. Well, Malibu is the best I know It's spreading love and laughter Watch him pull the full 360 Like the car he named after well, He might steal your dinner If you leave it sitting all alone Get mad at dollar for Wow, wow, wow.
him hanging out the window, showing off his Cali goals. Happiest dog you ever did see, blaze down the open road. Yo, check that out. Wow, wow. Wow, wow.